All right, and we're back. Can you hear us? Let's just invite all the people. Go ahead. Okay. Let's see. Gregor. Hey, Gregor, can you unmute your mic? And we just need to do a sound check really quick. Can you hear me? Sound check, sound check, hey. sound check. Spectacular. Okay, let's just bring in some more people. Send that AI show. I've got the links queued up. Starting a little early today. I invite all the people. I told everyone we'd reboot in about five minutes get out of the way this is a high traffic area but i'll tell you what it is away from the wind and there has been a lot of wind and lots of texas weather in the last couple of days but it's a gorgeous day here in austin texas um and we just scored an interview with craig sawyer uh who, who is actually one of the, the featured speakers at today's how many more event at the austin texas state capitol you know, which is filling up tremendously. Oh, my God, the bikers. If you could see the amount of bikers. Greg, are you with us? You see I am with us, rumbling in on their little Harley Davidsons. <laughs> oh, they weren't little. <laughs> there, were, there were many. <laughs> They're deep-throated beasts of burden. Iron oh, horse. Oh, and it was, like, in a parking garage. So think about the normal uh, amount oh. of rumbling. And, and then in a parking garage. I couldn't think. I, I locked my keys in my car. <laughs> hard to hit the car when it's vibrating. Yeah, it's, it's hard to, to, you know, when your brain and your skull is vibrating. And I'm a speaker bunny from the 90s. So, like, that, that it was rough. It was rough. I'm not going to lie. Um, anyways, so that's the wind that I was telling you about. They're not, they're not ready to, to speak or anything. So I thought about just being generous and uh, seeing if we could feature most or all of the Devin Nunes interview to kick off uh, today's set. It's so, ready to roll. Oh, <laughs> I'm so grateful and thankful to have uh, someone as resilient and practiced and uh, caring about the facts as, as Gregor Hinckley. Who's, who's joined us faithfully for at least four weeks. He's our, he's our co-host, and this is our first live on-location on event. Um, and, I, and I'm proud to do this in the Texas Capitol. I'm proud to do it for everyone. Um, and that was quite the score. I just walked right up. Uh, later, we'll be probably hearing from the uh, Republican chair of the Uvalde Party uh, in Uvalde, Texas. So, Rhonda Vigil. Uh, yes. And she had... She has some, some dirty deeds. <laughs> Are they done dirt cheap? Well, they were done on a with a brown cap on a LULAC representative, apparently. Ooh. So um, <laughs> that's going to be interesting. She she didn't she didn't waste any time. She bent my my ear immediately. <laughs> Good. Yeah. She she. I, I was doing some research when you told me who we we're going to have on, and she. Uh, picked up the seat of uh, county chair in uh, September of last year. 
So she's, you know, on fire and moving. Yeah, I mean, I think they grabbed her, and and she's she says that she's fairly unyielding, and which is good news for all of us, um, because they are trying to, you know, do the thing, the NGO cartel thing, the you know, I'm a Democrat, it's mine thing. Yeah. <laughs> These I would ask her though. One one of her platforms is big on supporting the police, and I'd like to know what that looks like in Uvalde after the, well, sad performance, shall we say? Yeah, of their, it's, it's complicated. Um, you can't have no police in that area for sure because it's too much cartel activity. Sorry. Well, yeah, no, but I mean, just no with police. the well, with the school shooting though, the police were you know very very slow to act, and and, and that seems to have contributed to the number of deaths. And, um, you know, so I, I'm not I'm I'm a big supporter of police. I just like to know why, if they have figured out why that really happened. You know what? That's, everything that's a valid and credentialed question. So I'm going to let I'm going to allow it. Thank that you. is a good question. You should allow it. <laughs> OK, it's a great question, actually. Um, so uh, I am going to. Let's see here. Are we going to cut to the interview now? Like, let's let, why don't we let Devin Nunez do his talk and then um, see here. It's 1223 now. We'll, we'll do as much as we possibly can. There is a, a blinking speaker in the suburban. looks like a speaker van um, coming in from Colorado. It looks like a Colorado speaker. So it, it was super interesting to see all of the people here uh and there are more gathering of course um but i do i do think that this interview with devin news is very instrumental because it has very important information about where your tax dollars are actually going um when it comes to the darian and and basically the port of where people come in to um the northern triangle which is basically Central and Latin America up through Mexico, if we're just going to get straight to it. Uh, but they have to go through um, the top of South America, through Suriname and through Colombia to get to Panama. And when they get to Panama, they have to go through the jungle. And, and many horrors start right there. So, um, Gregor, I mean, if you're ready to roll, I'm ready to roll. Okay, I'm going to start it at about five minutes in, uh, six minutes in, where they start talking about the route. Okay. Uh, this is uh, David Nunez and Michael Yance, who is known as at Michael Yance, 1776. And yeah, this and Devin Nunez is after- the, sorry, sorry, Devin Nunez is the, is the former Intelligence Committee um, member that is now the CEO of Truth Social, which is um, Donald Trump's social media company uh, he is a former congress member who's gone through a lot he's been spied on by the intelligence community uh, you know and he's witnessed firsthand what the corruption is so this is going to piggyback on, on Craig sawyer i'm sorry i'm a blabber blabber mouth go ahead so now if i start it will you stop blabbing
Okay, Vladdy. Um, looks like we're having trouble getting the audio to, to relay. I, I, I know, I Why know. not take a caller? Yeah, Gregor, Gregor went uh, bad. Uh, no, and you sound really windy, but you're good. Uh, oh, I'm home. totally windy. This is a windy I, day here in, in I, Central Austin. Uh, so you couldn't hear that, huh? No, I, I couldn't hear it. So other than that, you, you guys are doing good. Uh, uh, Bill Bonatari, William Bonatari just sent me something about the Trump Organization when, uh, regarding the defunding of WHO, but then he giving billions of dollars to the, the Bill. John Bachelor podcast. Yeah, so... I was just looking at it, but then again, I also know that Bill's. Sounds like we can hear some of it. Like, do you want to try it again, Gregor? Yeah, I just fixed it, so let's try it again. Watching live on Rumble. So, those of you who are watching live on Rumble, make sure you put your comments in the chat section, and we'll try to get some of your questions to Mike, uh, you know, during the show and towards the end of the show. Uh, But, Mike, let's first start. Where where were you born? Where, Where do you. I know right now you're in Panama City, but where were you born, and and then what did you when you, when, did you, when were you in the U.S. Special U.S. Army Special Forces? Uh, actually, I was born in Winter Haven, Florida, a great place to be born, right down the road from America's huge phosphate industry, the big, one of the biggest in the world. It was the citrus capital of the world. It was a really an interesting place to grow up. In fact, I went to high school with Scott Helvinston. We used to work out together. He was the the youngest Navy SEAL in history. I was one of the youngest Green Berets in history, actually, weirdly. So we, this is kind of a, the, the place that we grew up was kind of, kind of strange to put it mildly. Uh, there's a lot of people like that that went off to do interesting things. And so, uh, a- after, uh, high school, I went off to become a Green Beret and did this, that, and the other. And later on, uh, since, since growing up, I've lived all over the United States. I went to language, Defense Language Institute out in, California, stationed in different places in America and the world, and now I've lived more than half of my life overseas. More than half of my life has been in 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 about 90 other countries. So uh, so about more than 30 years has been we either in Asia or uh, Europe, Spreke Deutsch. Uh, you know, I, I I'm uh, constantly in places like this in Panama or Japan. I just left Japan, so I've written three books only in Japanese. Actually, they're written in, I wrote them in English, but they're translated to Japanese. They're only in Japanese because I've been trying to wake up the Japanese to information war. Uh, that they're the same migration issues that are plaguing us. Uh, uh, are are being attempted on the Japanese. So this isn't just the Darien Gap. It's not just Europe, which has really effectively been destroyed as any Europe that we would recognize. Again, I spent more than six years all over Europe. I still go there quite frequently. Uh, that place is essentially destroyed for anybody that was in, in Europe 20 years ago. That place is gone. And so we're like, talking to Luxembourg. So we're talking to Michael Yan, who you can follow at True Social, Michael Yan, 1776. And, Mike, I want to, you know, first you're coming to us from Panama City right now. You're getting ready to head back into the jungle. The Darien Gap, which I want to put a map on the wall so people know where the Darien Gap is, because I think most Americans have no clue. Why would Why is this important? Why is Panama important? What the hell is the Darien Gap? Because uh, most Americans haven't heard of it. They see... On the local fake news, they see the wall in California or Texas. They see people caught across, coming across the Rio Grande. That clearly isn't fake news. They're just, you know, 
I don't know, five to seven million people who have come across the border. But what's happened over the years, and Mike, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but we have a situation where there's not a whole lot of immigration coming from Mexico. There's a lot of bad guys coming from Mexico. There's a lot of drug cartels, a lot of drugs coming from Mexico itself. But what's happening is you have people from all over the globe that are coming into South America and Central America, and then they're coming up into and through Mexico up across our border. And the Darien Gap is a difficult place to be. It's a jungle, and it's somewhere that they have to get through. But I will, since you've spent so much time there, and I, and I first heard about you uh, through the John Bachelor Show, which had the John Bachelor Podcast, who's a great friend uh, of, of my podcast, uh, but I heard you on the John Bachelor Show many years ago talking about the Darien Gap and other places that you had been. And, you know, now you've been really ahead of the curve on this because I think so two or three years ago you were talking about this. And I know that you had Congressman T uh, Tom Tiffany from Wisconsin through there. We actually, after his trip with you to the Darien Gap, we actually had him on my old podcast that was much, a, much kinder, nicer. That was when I was still in office. Now I can say whatever the hell I want. Not that I didn't really then either. But, but anyway, Michael, why don't you walk us through and tell us the history of the Darien Gap? Actually, Panama, you know, my friend Matt Bracken, former Navy SEAL officer, I've taken him down here. He calls this the confluence of two hourglasses. One is the Panama Canal, which is right outside my window. And two, that's 5% five, 5 of global trade goes through the Panama Canal. So that's obviously incredibly important, right? And it's also we're proximate to the United States. I mean, I'm on central time zone right now, right? Uh, and, and, and I'm almost directly south of Florida, by the way. And so the um, uh, so we're, we're, this is a very important piece of land for numerous reasons. One is global trade. Another is uh, the Darien Gap is – a, a natural bio uh, border for something called screw worms. Screw worms are something that used to cost us billions of dollars in livestock, like these flesh-eating worms that eat cattle and that sort of thing. Back when the FDA was actually doing its job, it pushed these these uh, meat-eating worms down through Texas, down through Mexico, all the way through Central America, and they're holding them here at the Darien Gap. We have a facility here which irradiates billions of flies, and I, I think it dumps about 15 million a month or so if, if their website is accurate, and it, it, it irradiates the male flies, dumps them out with like crop dusters over the Darien Gap, which mate with these female flies, which lay these um, these you know these beasts that eat the flesh of humans as well by the way and uh the, since the females only mate once in their lives uh if they mate with the sterilized uh, f uh male flies and they don't they don't uh, make screw worms right now these screw worms if they get back to the united states they're going to cost us a lot of protein right they've already mysteriously showed up again in Key West of all places, and uh, that was a few years ago. But anyway, that's another reason why this is important. Now, another huge reason, the reason I've been coming down so much in the last few years, is because we know the World Economic Forum and China have been pushing global migrations, weaponization of migration. When I say weaponization of migration, it's an old war strategy. It doesn't necessarily mean the migrants show up with weapons. Actually, usually they don't. They show up unarmed, but they're a destabilizing factor or they're armed later, right? And so that's what we have a combination of that happening now. 
in Europe and here, right? Uh, so in the United States. Now, through the Darien Gap, both Afri huge amounts of Africans and Asians are coming through. They First, they go to South America. For instance, the Chinese will fly to Quito, Ecuador. They fly to Quito. The Haitians typically go to Suriname, and the Cubans used to go to Suriname because they didn't need a visa. And then from Suriname, they would go over by buses and, and whatnot, and they would get over to Colombia, and then they go through the Darien Gap. So we have people from about 140 countries, Nepal, India, you know, everywhere, just Pakistan, Yemen, Uganda, everything coming through um, South America. And also we've got countries like this left-wing government has collapsed, and about 11% of the people in Panama now, according to the Panamanian government, are actually new Venezuelans, 11%. This is very destabilizing in a place where the economy itself is, is on shaky ground, right? And so now I see uh, the, 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 the flows from all over the world will go through South America, including South America itself, and dump right through the Darien Gap. And now Secretary of Homeland Security, Alexander Mayorkas, is just down here again in April this month. I was here when he came, and he, he went to Darien Gap last April. I was here when he did that as well. And he's more than doubled the size of the migration flows since just one year. Interestingly, he mentioned when he came down here in a private meeting that the United States put $18 million into Panama last year, uh, over the last year to help the flows of the aliens through Panama, $18 million, $18 million, right? Now, interestingly, a person in the Panamanian government said, Panama only got $1 million of that money. Where did the other $17 million go, right? And, uh, and, uh, and the Panamanian government has paid $8 million just to feed the aliens who are coming through. A lot of diseases are coming through. The, the, the Indians that I'm out with all the time, Kuna Indians, Embra Indians, Hunan Indians, they're getting sick a lot from the, uh, from the aliens coming through, waterborne illnesses, and malaria. I had uh, dinner the other night with a good friend of mine. He's an Indian uh, mayor of 29 villages, about 11,000 Embra and Hunan Indians. And he said that in the past, before the migration, they only had about one or two malaria cases per year. And when one of the Indians got malaria, everybody talked about it. Everybody knew so-and-so got malaria. Now, so many people get malaria. It's just, like, overwhelming It's because the migrants have brought it through, right? And so, um, and other diseases as well. So, and then not only that, this has caused a huge uh, social disruption. It's causing uh, Indian families to, to split apart because, uh, many of the Indians, the Embra, Munan, and Kuna Indians are now involved in, in human smuggling. They're making a lot of money. They're doing a lot of drugs and alcohol they used to not do before, or at least not at this level. And now their families are splitting apart because they're becoming part of this new economic ecosystem, right? So the, now we've got the young Indian children who are very, very nice children. These are I'm out with these uh, in these villages all the time. And hey, Michael, uh, let me let me get let me just because uh, I want to make sure that our that we are getting some clarity on just the location of the Darien Gap because a lot of people don't know even where it's at. So it's on that border. Uh, it's it's actually the entire Darien Gap is in Panama. Right, just north of the Colombian. It's basically the Colombian border, but inside of Panama. Is that correct? 
Uh, it's also on the Colombian side. They call it the Darien Gap because there's a highway from Alaska all the way to Tierra del Fuego, Highway 1. And, uh, and the Highway 1 has a gap right there, Yavita. You see that red circle in the middle of the map? Little tiny red circle, Yavita. That's oh, yeah. Highway 1. That's where Highway 1 ends. It picks up again at another little red circle called Turbo, right? And Turbo is where it goes. Those of you who can watch this, you can see those circles that... that that we have on the screen right now. So about how far is that uh, that distance there, Mike? About 100 kilometers straight line, but in fact, it's quite immense because that's between the two stuff is, is quite immense. But the whole, you know, it's, it's treacherous jungle. It's, you know, I, I spend years in jungles and deserts around the world. This is a jungle's jungle, you know. There's some jungle that's more jungle than, than others, and this is it. Like, this jungle is highly biologically active. I mean, deadly active. Other jungles, like over in Borneo and whatnot, you know, I spend a lot of time out there. You don't get sick quite as often out there. Here, this one will knock you dead. And uh, not not only that, but the the, uh, the, 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 uh, the the FARC and the other uh, groups out there kill and rape. Let me talk, let's talk about the rape. A huge amount of rape goes on out there. Our government, at taxpayer expense, through using the OIM, they hand out these rape kits, pre-rape kits. This is a pre-rape kit from OIM, the Organization for Immigration and Migration, right? This is U.S. taxpayer money. They hand out these pre-rape kits so, because they know you're going to get raped. And they give them to women and children going through. They have female condoms, have male condoms, have abortion pills in it. And uh, these are the morning after pills. comes with this cheap flashlight. So I dropped it the other day on my hotel floor and it shattered, but I put it back together. This is, I wonder how much this thing costs U.S. taxpayers so that people can be raped. It also comes with a with a, a whistle, which will do a lot of good out in the Darien Gap. I mean, this is the sort of... And they willingly do this. They knowingly do it. They know the women are getting raped. Did you see the video from Oscar Blue and Ben Burkwam about five weeks ago of the rapes and whatnot in the firefight? The guy that it's unbelievable. Uh, you know, they were down here and right where I go all the time. Uh, these women came in crying. They'd just been raped. I see this every day. Every day. Women so, Mike, we're on, the, we're on the map then. Um, so where do you spend most of it when you go down in the Darien Gap? Because we still have the map on the screen. So where do you, because you're in Panama City right now. And I'm, I'm all over that thing. I, I, you won't believe all the places I'm at. It would look like the Dennis the Trail. Yavita to everywhere that circled to just, well, you'd have to come and you'd have to look at my GPS tracks. I mean, I'm out, you know, in uh, at least 30 different villages, uh, if not more. I mean, I'm just are you mainly inside. You, you spend most of your time on the Panamanian side or the Colombian side or equal? On the Panamanian side, I have been to the Colombian side. Chuck Holton was just in the Colombian side about a week ago. Uh, and again, like he said, the, um, the the Venezuelans have dumped out. I mean, they're here and they're going up to the United States now. And now the Chinese are a huge issue, right? The Chinese are coming through in massive amounts of numbers, not just here. They're coming through Canada as well. One that we met uh, about 
13 days ago or so now. We call him Chai Ninja because we met him. He had just emerged from the Darien Gap. He was walking up Highway 1, and he was very tired. He was hungry. He was itching. You know, you get these modern guy bugs, as the Indians call them. They eat you alive. They're terrible. And he was itching. And uh, we talked with him for about an hour and a half. He said that he had just... Um, did, you say, did you say Chai Ninja? Yeah, we call him Chai Ninja. That's Ninja. He's and he's, and he's you know, dressed like a ninja, and he's acting tough and stuff. And uh, so we call him. He threatens Misako Gadaha, the Japanese journalist that we were with. And he actually physically threatened her. And uh, anyway, so we started calling him Chai Ninja. Actually, he contacted me last night. He's in Mexico right now. And anyway, Chai Ninja is from actually, Chai Ninja coming to a city near you. Is he, yeah. is he on his way? I don't, I, I don't want to go down a, into a rabbit hole here, but, but is China an interesting on his way to the United States? Yes, yes. It's a very interesting rabbit hole. We should go down for at least a minute. He went over to Bahamas. He said this would be about five or six weeks ago now. Five weeks ago, I guess. Uh, no, April 7th or April 8th, whenever that was, so less than that, a few weeks ago. He was down in Bahamas. He said he bought a boat for... $5,000 from a Scotsman. This is checkable information I'm giving you. So he said he bought a, a boat from a Scotsman for $5,000 in the Bahamas. He was heading to Florida. He ran out of fuel. He was drifting in the sea. The U.S. Coast Guard picked him up. This was like 7th or 8th of April, highly checkable. He said they, the U.S. Coast Guard sent him back to Bahamas. Bahamas was uh, uh, deporting him back to China, but his flight goes to Cuba. When he was in Cuba, he changed his flight to, to Quito, to Quito, Ecuador, right? Which is where most of the Chinese will go to Quito, actually. So then he went to Quito, got on a bus, went to Colombia, went to Nicocli, which you can see on that red circle on the right-hand side of that map is Nicocli. I've been there. You get on the boat, you get on the boat, you follow that red line to Capagana, which is the other red circle there, which I've done that as well. And, uh, and, and then he went through the Darien Gap, and that's where we intercepted him, right where he came through, right? So we talked with him for about an hour and a half, itching, scratching, and uh, and now he's in Mexico. <laughs> he's on his way to the United States. He can't make up this stuff. And is he, and this is going to be the question, I think, that a lot of people, and if you have questions, put them into the Rumble chat. But we've already had a couple of questions like this, that whether or not is, it, is, it, is the Chinese government aware of China Ninja? Um, are they looking past it? Like, how do you even evaluate who these Chinese are? Let's, so let's take specifically, since we're down the rabbit hole with China Ninja, um, is he doing this on behalf of anyone, just on his own? What's what's the background there, or could you get it out? Well, he said he was from Hubei province, and that's in my recording. And, um, and he gave me his phone number. We traced his phone number back, which you actually can do, and got his address. And it is in Hubei province, right? Now, how do these people get these... Uh, passports, though, and how do they get permission to leave China? That's a big question. That's the Recently, question we're getting, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's an obvious question, right? And we're asking the obvious questions. Uh, recently, I was at a, at, a, at a, a, a public security police station in Dublin, Ireland. That's a Chinese police station, right, run by what's called their public security. That's like their FBI. I was also recently at one in London, right? There's one in this town in Panama City. There's one in New York City, as you saw. Some people just got arrested, right? Some Chinese just got arrested running these Chinese police stations. Let me talk about this for just a moment. There's three main 
uh, Chinese intelligence uh, sort of wings that we should be concerned about. One is PS, public security, right? Another one is, and they administer uh, CCP law, Chinese Communist Party law, and they do kidnappings. Like I have an office in Thailand, they kidnapped people out of Thailand. This was public, they were public about it, right? Anyway, uh, they, the next one is MSS, Ministry of State Security. That's like their CIA, right? MSS, Ministry of State Security. The next one is GS of the PLA. That's the general staff of the People's Liberation Army. That's like their paramilitaries. They have a language school uh, that is teaches people how to be spies. Actually, or that's part of their spy training, right? Now, the language school I went to in the military called the Defense Language Institute is not teaching you how to be a spy. It's teaching you how to be uh, to speak the language, right? But they're, one of the things when you're learning, say, Mandarin to Italian or Mandarin to German or Mandarin to English, it's very difficult to learn it without an accent because our languages are so different, right? So if you learn, like, English to Mandarin after puberty, you're almost certainly not going to be able to learn it without an accent. It's extremely difficult to learn a language like that without an accent after puberty, right? But what you can do is learn the language to such a level that it sounds like you've been there for a very long time. So you'll be in that language school, and let's say, in China, and you're watching Gilligan's Island and, and Bonanza and all the movies that we watch and Bruce Willis, and you know all the, you know, you know all these little things, right? And and so it sounds like you've been in that country a very long time. You're using the local lingo, like, "Hey, bro, what's going on?" And you know, and I'm here to serve. He, he, he's actually he came across. They call that the official accent. By the way, it's called the official accent. He clearly has the official accent. I ch- I showed this to some. Some people that are kind of, let's say, uh, knowledgeable in this world, and everyone, I'm like, that guy's a spy. And I'm like, looks like it to me. I mean, he's got the official accent even, you know. And uh, he, he just happened to run into us very tired and and uh, and uh, vulnerable, and he, he was spilling some, a little too much maybe, right? A lot of these people yeah. coming through, most of the people coming through are military-age males, Chinese or anybody. It doesn't, whatever group. Most are military-age males. Of the Chinese, these guys are not poor. They're not farmers. Uh, they're very alert. You know, I was in special operations. I spent years in wars as a war correspondent. A huge amount of my friends' ecosystem is special operations guys and that sort of people. Uh, I know them when I see them, right? And a lot of these Chinese people coming through, they, I feel like I'm at Fort Bragg. You know, I feel like I'm at the compound or something. So, I mean, this is this is... You know, something's not right. We're clearly. So, Mike, I want to. So, I want to uh, stop right there because this is a good point. To we've got a couple videos, and I want you to explain these videos uh, that I think you that you took or people that you're with uh, took. But we've got video number one, uh, which is a Chinese advertisement for the Chinese. But some people, yeah, the guy who was now sometimes talked about. Wow, that is quite an ad there. So, Michael, where did you find that ad? And obviously, what it's, it's obviously, I don't know much about um, Mandarin, but it appears like they're giving kind of an um, advertisement of how to come to the Darien Gap and then how to get to into the United States. 
uh, Dr. Li Ming Yan sent that one to me. In fact, I just messaged to her asking, well, while I was watching that, asking for a cleaner version. I've been trying to get a cleaner version of that one. That's not the only one. There's others. I've published another recently, and I just got another uh, that she uh, actually she just messaged. Uh, um, uh, but the, uh, the bottom line is I've seen this stuff for years. Sometimes it's in Spanish, and it's not always just for Chinese. For instance, I was down in Colombia, and there was basically an infomercial on CNN. It was CNN. Uh, you know, it was, it was on the hotel, big screen in the restaurant, and it was like showing how to get through the Darien Gap. And, and uh, it, it's unbelievable. You know, this year I'm seeing a lot of LGBTQ uh, uh, cosplay going on that I didn't see before, right? It's actually just in this last trip. I'm seeing a lot, you know, like corporal cleaners walking around the camp. I didn't see that before because you know now our government is saying, you know, if you're if you're LGBTQ or whatever that thing is, you're able to get a pass getting through. So now I'm starting to see these aliens dressed up, literally, they're doing a corporal clinger, and they're they see them or, 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 or a younger or younger audience or younger audience. Corporal clinger was a character in Mash. For those of you who probably don't even remember. Nash, a uh, long-running show. The corporate finger was a guy who was rec- who went into the military uh, during the Korean um, or the, in the gosh the Korean War, and and anyway, it was a comedy. But he would dress up as a as a woman trying to get out of the out of the military and get sent home. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, what, what is it called Section Eight or something like that. The um. Uh, Interestingly, uh, a, uh, there was a board meeting the other day in Fox. I happen to know people on a lot of boards, and I, and I, I, I was told they were they were they were they were, they were somehow my name came up, and uh, and, and and somebody said, uh, why why would Chinese be why would Chinese spies be coming through the Darien Gap? You know, you've got a lot of people that don't know much about this sort of thing that think that they know a lot more than they do, right? And let me tell you what. One of the reasons that they come through here is because they're coming through all, many, many other routes. You can't get through. You can't get everybody through. I mean, they're flying in every day, literally flying in every day. They're coming across the Canadian border. They're coming in by boat. They're coming in through Mexico first. There's people going to Cancun on vacation, getting visas, bypassing all this stuff. The people with more money, and they're starting from Cancun, right? So they're coming from Bahamas. They're coming from all over the place. But some people are coming this route for various reasons. For instance, if they don't want their face be, to be shown at all, right, uh, they, they may come this route, paramilitary source, that may be from the GS, from the PLA, the general staff of the PLA. That would be your paramilitary source. Of course, there will be masking people, you know, what we call masking. In other words, other people coming through that literally are just, you know, uh, the, the government let them leave because maybe they're just uh, get rid of them, let them go through and be part of the be part of the noise that the that the, uh, that the actual operators get through. We are clearly being this is a hostile takeover of the United States. This is not an inconvenience. This is not anything like that. I keep warning people. You know, these guys that say, "Well, when when the blue helmets get here, then I'll do something." Yeah, right. By the time that happens, you're dead. Right, all that MMA stuff. You're a big tough guy. Guess what? They're gonna kill you. Dead. They know where you live. Yeah. Well, I was able to track back that guy's address in China. They can track everything about us. Right. They know where we live. They have lawyers all over the United States. 
They have private investigative firms. They work for the FBI. They are the FBI. They are Homeland Security. They, we have people with Mandarin accents so thick that you can hardly understand what they're saying. And they got top secret clearances working in uh, communications offices and our embassies and whatnot. They are, we are ate up with termites. It's not like you're going to go hide somewhere. You're not going to do it. We have to close these borders and start ejecting people by the millions, right? I keep getting these messages from uh, JFK's team, you know, that he's, you know, very serious. I read his book, you know, about the real Anthony Fauci and all that great stuff. But I keep asking, what's your position on the border? State it loud and clear. Silence is a decision. I want to hear we're closing the border and we are ejecting millions, right? That's the way we need to go with this. We're in a state of war. Europe itself is dead. I mean, you wouldn't believe this place. In Luxembourg, as an example, about 50%, 0% of the people in Luxembourg now are migrants. Unbelievable. You wouldn't believe the amount of crime I saw there in about the 10 or 11 days that I was there. I must have seen a dozen fights on the streets. I've never seen that before. When I went to Luxembourg, when I was uh, in Special Forces, it was the jewel of Europe. It was the place where you would let your kids out at 2 in the morning. Don't need any babysitter. Let them run. Right now, you wouldn't let them out at 2 in the afternoon with a German shepherd. You don't want them out there on the streets. People doing drugs on the streets. Uh, an African migrant broke into a car right outside my hotel room, right in the downtown, right by the train station in Luxembourg City. You know, right down the road from where Patton is buried. He's probably rolling over in his grave with the entire Third Army. So, so, so I want to, yeah, so I want to unpack uh, this a little bit about, because we're getting a lot of questions on the Rumble chat about the interactions that you've had with these military-aged Chinese uh, nationals. And if you could maybe break it down in terms of how many do you think are seriously there for kind of A, probably B, on behalf, sorry about that, on behalf of the Chinese um uh, military um, or government uh, to those that are just kind of escaping or maybe three they're just sending us they're bad guys and what are we missing in those three options like bad guys were getting a lot from places like venezuela they dumped the prisons i mean tatted head to toe the teardrop the whole works right now from china these people tend to be educated that much is clear uh they tend to be moneyed i mean they're paying 20 to thirty thousand dollars if they take the hard route, if they take the other route, this is to get to the United States. When I talk with them here at Darien Gap, they've mostly, generally they've paid about $20,000 so far. Last week, or about uh, two weeks ago, one man said he had paid $60,000 for his family so far, right, uh, to get to the Darien Gap. I want to put that picture, I'm going to put the picture back on the screen. So what, how do you, so these are all, for those listening on the audio podcast, um, those are, this is what you're referring to. These are all look like they're in their, in their, uh, you know, twenties to, uh, maybe 40 years old. Is that about right? Yep. You should have seen a couple of years ago. When you look at, first of all, there wasn't many Chinese a couple of years ago. I would hear about Chinese, like, you know, three Chinese came through last week or something. I would never see them. It was like Bigfoot. Now it's like everywhere. And, but let me make a point. A couple of years ago, the people that were coming through Darien Gap, 
they were hunched over, they were dragging, they were barefoot, a lot of them bleeding, being carried. Dead bodies, they were stepping over a lot of dead bodies to get through this far. Now, look at the condition they're in. Now, you look at the videos that I've made and the photos that I've made and whatnot, you can see they're in good condition, right? They're not being carried. They're not limping around. Very few are limping around, especially the Chinese. The Chinese are in really good condition. Look how clean they are, right? They just came to the Daring Gap. Look how clean they are, right? You, know, you should have seen them. I'm telling you, in the past, it was literally like wartime-level casualties. I mean, there was uh, so many fatalities. Uh, Chuck Holton and I, we were down there. We had a big discussion a couple of years ago. Okay. Um, that's enough of that. We've heard all kinds of things. I The challenge is, is that I can't bring callers in. I don't have that authority. Um, otherwise, Steve, I would bring you up. But we could talk about it a little bit. Um, let us discuss a little bit about what's going on here. Uh, this uh, problem, Mike Leon, has been down in the in Panama area watching a lot of these migrations. And for those who are not geography geeks, um, Panama is this very narrow isthmus. Uh, it connects North and South America. Everything that comes up from South America either has to be shipped or come up through Panama. Uh, live here on foot, which is how people get here. So that's why so many people come from all over to go through Panama. Um, and what he's talking about, this Darien Gap, is a pass uh, in the mountains. Uh, the the uh, jungles that is very commonly used. Uh, he talked a little bit about rape kits from the uh, International Office of Migration. Uh, again, these are uh, packages that are given to the women. Um, they have uh, the morning after pill. They have condoms for women, uh, you know, a vaginal condom versus a penile condom. Um, and they're just, they're there to keep the women safe by allowing rape to happen safely. Consensual rape, is that a thing? I don't think so. Uh, it's a real hard trip to make, yet more and more people are doing it even during the rainy season. And I used to live uh, years ago. Oh, we have Steve as a caller now. Good, he's been promoted. Um, yeah, I used to live uh, in Africa, and I've been to some of the rainforests there, and you don't go during the rainy season. It's just not a good idea because it gets real wet. Steve, if you want to unmute yourself, come and party. And maybe not. So this Mike, immigration thing, uh, how many more capital events in Austin, Texas is going on? Uh, we may have some live footage with Sheila, who's there now today. That's part of just what we're talking about today. We're looking at immigration. Um, and as pointed out, immigration coming across our borders is not just people looking for work anymore. 
um, is people, you know, and I, I'm all over having people come to this country who want to come and, and make a life and become Americans and do their thing, but that's not necessarily what's happening. Uh, the interesting thing about the Chinese and part of Michael's point was that China is able to import all these people whom they still have sway over. Uh, he talked a little bit about some of the police forces. I don't know how many folks saw in the news that there was a couple of men arrested in New York City who were, had, were uh, manning a Chinese uh, police station. Literally, a, PL, uh, a CCP police station in Manhattan. Uh, they're also known to have these in Seattle and San Francisco and Los Angeles, where Chinese nationals are uh, encouraged by these Communist Party members to come back, to do something else. And Sheila, yes, I'm speaking. Why, you're not hearing me? Vlad, welcome to the party, Vlad. Have any thoughts on this, Vlad, now that you're promoted to speaker? Instead of listening to Gregor ramble, Gregor's rambling with his dog. Some evil person walked across her grass. So I don't want to sound like the guy that says, get off my lawn. Uh, but we have all these, you know, we have all these people coming up and, and most of them are probably just looking for a better future. It's the others that concern me. We have a uh, situation brewing with um, Sheila, how are you interrupting me? My power is draining really fast. Okay, well, so I'm going to be running this show for a while, um, which is hard because I don't have any of the permissions. Was I? Oh, um, we have a situation. Yeah, I, my friend of mine is just, he took a little vacation and he ended up in the port of San Diego and the port of Seattle. The United States has 11 aircraft carriers. Seven of them are in the, those two ports. They're being fueled up and set up and ready to go. The Ronald, U.S. Ronald Reagan is in uh, Japan right now visiting. Uh, waiting for something, and this is something that is concerning. Now, uh, Michael Yan was talking about the Chinese immigration that's happening, and these are military-aged young male. They're coming across the border in droves. They're not necessarily being caught by the Border Patrol. Having lived on the border uh, in San Diego, what you have with the Border Patrol is a situation now where they have so many people that they just cannot monitor the whole border at the whole time. They have to move these people trying to keep them safe. 
um, by moving them along into the detention areas. But if you wanted to evade a border patrol agent, it's actually pretty easy. Uh, they just don't have the manpower to cover the border that well. So all these folks who may have nefarious um, intent are coming across the border. So literally what worries me is a repeat of, uh, can, oh, can I try? Yeah, go ahead, Vlad. Please rescue me. The, 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 the intent is to overwhelm the border security, a weak, uh, border, uh, you know, border with border, less border patrol agents. And this thing of always trying to use this false narrative of racism and, and not, you know, not saying there's not a problem at the border when there is an obvious uh, problem. Uh, trying to only show, you know, when the president or whenever the hell the vice president, if she ever does show up to the border and, and just go to the nice part of the border instead of the problem area of the border. All, it shows the, the total, the, you know, desire and, and intent to malign the subject and, 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 and with willful ill intent. Uh, distort the facts. So there is a problem. There are diseases coming through. Dr. Michael Savage talked about this in his book, Diseases uh, Without Borders. And and these are some of the diseases that the United States dealt with back in the 50s and 60s, including polio, including tuberculosis and everything. And I hear about it all the time. Some of these guys come with sex diseases because of sexual transmitted disease. Uh, this is nothing new. They come here obviously to 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 when they're able to get into America's short, uh, you know, American land and and get get, get treated. If they do get treated on time, but a lot of them are bringing some of the old diseases we have not seen that have plagued those those uh, parts of the third world: cholera, diphtheria. Those are things that were pretty much eradicated here in the United States. And God forbid, what other things that they get along the way. Now that to look at Hispanics that are coming you know, to the border as evil, fuck, I'm Hispanic. I'd be shooting my, myself in the leg. No, but we're, we want to be honest, you know. I'm not really worried about those people that are coming, uh, let's say, with diseases, which should be of concern, but, you know. But also, what about the Chinese or Arabic? Why are we finding Muslims? Why are you finding Chinese crossing the border? Okay. What's the whole intent? What's the point of them coming across the border? They normally don't come into the country that way. Why are they acting like third world people? Normally they come in through planes. Yeah, that's another way of coming illegally, overstaying your visa, coming in as a student and then disappearing from the map. That's understandable too. But what is their ultimate intent right here? I believe it's the demise of the U.S. over time. It's fine making yourself look to be not, you know, not on the radar like... With, with other spies, but under the radar, making yourself cloaked, cloaked out to be uh, somebody oppressed. Again, all this oppression, bullshit, victimization. You're a minority, so they really won't be looking at you. They'll be looking at somebody from, you know, from, from years ago, from the CCP and the military, but they're not looking for your average Chinese, the cyber, uh, the, the, the expert in network engineering and in, in systems administration, who is who is the black hat, red hat, you know, white hat of the of uh, cybersecurity, who knows how to get into a system, or who already has inside knowledge through people who are from the inside betraying the country, the traitors. Again, 
some of these these worst scenarios we have to look at the bolshevik revolution when they took down the czar they didn't happen from the outside first it happened from the inside the trojan horse that, that, that came in like with the with, with the spartans the, you know the trojan horse scenario they come in as your friends as needy people but in reality they've already been trained and even though they look poor you kind of could tell they're not that poor because they're fat. Some some of these people coming in, they're they're fattened, and they're like, wait a minute, poor people are usually skinny as hell because they represent the poverty, right? The hunger, the famine that they've suffered. So they come in, and guess what? They surprise people. They'll they'll get their fill. They'll play the part, but as soon as everything is come is 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 ready, they'll come to do what is needed to do in order to overthrow. And and they've been they they've been uh, doing this for the longest. They've been planning this. A lot of the enemies are in, and it's not necessarily them. It's so-called American citizens, and this is wrong. But there's people that willfully want, with ill intention, want to, and have planned the demise of the United States. This is not a color-based thing. It's not a racist thing, racial line. No, they don't care. They just want to bring the enemy. It's no longer the dormant um, for all this time with the Patriot Act and after 9-11 and all that. They, they, they use that. We might have dormant self of Islam. Islam is not the problem. Islamofascist is not the problem. It's people that are crossing. It's people from the, the, the Confucius Institute at our schools. It's, it's, it's people with, when you find out that there's a CCP police department policing Chinese in New York, Shit like that. There's other things. Those are just distractions. There are other things that are happening. This should not be new. So the game, the, the tactic, the strategy on how to overcome and, and how to detect people needs to change. Because if we continue to play their role and accept their bullshit, being, being, be, being uh, basically confused along with them and, and being distracted with the Trans, you know, culture war with the transgendered, with the Bud Light, with the kicking out of, of, of Tucker Carlson attack on, on, you know, or the or the laws that are being made in Montana and, and Kentucky against, you know, we, that's what they want us to focus on. Meanwhile, in the background, 